Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast, the Marketing for Startups show. If you see this on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, I don't know where this is right now, but anyway, it's everywhere. Um, And what I want to talk about a little bit, just kind of gab about is um, how to grow your business with partnerships. So through the years, I've done a lot of different partnership activities with different clients running their marketing departments as a fractional CMO. And I'm going to talk to you about all things. I'm going to talk to you about what it's like to be doing partnerships with Paris Hilton and Richard Branson. I'm going to talk about how you can run effective influencer campaigns On Instagram, I'm going to talk about leveraging speaking opportunities. We're going to talk about all the things. So let's get started at the top. So what is leveraging other people's audiences to grow your brand? What does that look like? So if you've been following me for any time, I think I repeat this a lot because I love I love mastering the basics, right? There are essentially three ways to grow your business or your brand online. And in generating like new leads, right? New audience, new eyeballs, we can kind of do it in three ways. Number one is running ads, right? Paying for those eyeballs, advertising on social media platforms or Google or in print, whatever, ads. Number two is SEO. Um, I have a whole juicy episode about SEO, passionate SEO episode. Um, I can link in the show notes here. But the third is uh, sometimes referred to as OPA. I think that's kind of like an industry jargon. But OPA is other people's audiences. And there's so many ways in which you can use other people's audiences to get in touch with your prospective buyers. So what we want to do when we're looking for partners um, and different brands to like leverage is we first want to understand what brand or person or event is in touch with my target buyer, right? Because it doesn't make any sense to be like getting into other audiences if they're not going to buy your product or service. And this may seem like pretty obvious, but you want to find other businesses or other individuals that have that target client, but they are not in competition with you. So their product or service is complementary to yours, but not in direct competition with you, obviously. Right. But again, like this is just like Basics. Okay. Obviously, but again, like, I don't know if you're anything like me, I gab a lot at networking events. And so I'm always trying to find like different ways to like partner. And I love helping people and I love 
connecting people and all of these things. So there's often times where like my mouth would go faster than my brain and it'd be like, oh, yeah, we should, we should partner, we should do something together. And then kind of realizing that uh, maybe it doesn't make a ton of sense because that is not like an aligned um, audience or that person is truly just in direct competition with me and I can't really, I can't sell to them um, effectively. So that's the first step is you want to find where your audience is. So there's so many different ways that you can partner with other brands or individuals. And so let's start with like a sexy one I can share, which is my experience with Paris Hilton and Richard Branson. So when I was, uh, so I started my career in hospitality in Shanghai, in China, like decades ago, over a decade ago. And even though I was working for hospitality, I was working with um, the two founders, right? It was like a hospitality brand and directly with the investor. So it was really functioned like a startup. It was actually China's first carbon neutral hotel. So it was really made a lot of buzz. We had a lot of natural PR. Um, but what uh, one of the things that I did was build partnerships. And there were a lot of really cool partnerships that I build, uh, built with the hotel brand. We did, for example, because we were a carbon neutral hotel, we partnered with Lufthansa, which had like a whole carbon neutral um, like program. Lufthansa is an airline. It's a German airline, I believe. God, I don't remember. Um, but again, what we got through the Lufthansa partnership was access to their email list. This is key. We were featured in their e in their, their newsletter as like highlighting as a place to stay if you're traveling to Shanghai because they knew that their email list was like they were curious or sorry conscious of being carbon neutral and they had like a carbon neutral offset program through Lufthansa so we were able to partner with them. But the key here is that getting access to the email list. Now, nowadays, this could look like getting in front of audience on a social platform if we're looking at like partnering with influencers, for example. Um, but both things are, are important, right? It's just about how are we going to get our message, our brand in front of brand new people? I love the idea of getting on like into someone else's email list because again, email is like a, a little bit more concentrated, um, a little bit more intimate than social is, but again, it all depends on the particular partner and exactly what the act, that activity is going to be. So Lufthansa was an example. Um, at the hotel, we also partnered with Paris Hilton. Um, this was like a, I would say like a little bit of, of an off-brand partnership. I did not put this together. This was one of the founders that put this together um, because Paris was like launching this app Okay. And she was launching it in China. And so she hosted like a series of parties at the hotel and why this wasn't successful, I would say, is because the audience that Paris was trying to reach, which were like wealthy, but like young Chinese um, women. So it was like a clothing app. This is like 13 years ago. Okay. So forgive me. Um, but she like, Oh God, like she created the boutique hotel, one of our properties, the boutique hotel into like a nightclub, but we were this like sustainable 
very cool design, like used to be a post office and they changed into this like 30 room boutique hotel, carbon neutral, like really lots of green, all this, and she converted into a nightclub. And over the course of like a month, we had like several parties and there were a lot of really young, like elite Chinese that came to the parties and it was, it was great fun. It was like an awesome experience, but can we say that we actually leverage like any hotel stays from that? Um, no, but again, it, it is interesting for getting like the brand out there and for the local crowd to understand like the hotel brand as it was like an emerging, um, like hospitality brand. So that was interesting. But again, like that was back in like 2011, 2010. And at the time, you know, I, I definitely, and I don't think it even existed, like really savvy in the way of like creating specific landing pages and like ha having all of these tracking tools. Like if I were to do it all again now at the event, there would probably be like a like a specific campaign with a certain landing page and a special kind of offer, excuse me, that's real time. Um, a special kind of offer to all of the people that attended the event, one that we can track, get, you know, get that person in our system, kind of understand if they book stays or if they are doing referral codes to book stays. We didn't do anything of that sort. Um, Another event that we did was with Richard Branson. Now, this was really interesting because Richard Branson came with Wild Aid, which is a nonprofit organization that is focused on um, like environmental sustainability um, and especially like saving animals. And he was sort of he was in China with the message. Oh, this is very cool. So he had used our space. Um, to host a very high profile lunch where he in, he invited something like 20 to 30 high net worth individuals um, in across China to have like a personal lunch with him. Yao Ming was there, um, the basketball player. And the intention of that was to um, to encourage, through these high net worth individuals, encourage philanthropy. So in the in the Chinese culture at the time, and again, I can't like speak of 2022, maybe things have changed, but at that time, like there was this disconnect between like, there was so much wealth that was emerging in and across China, but there was like a, there was compared to other countries, like a very relatively low amount of philanthropy going on. And so Richard Branson's like purpose of, of kind of holding this lunch was to sort of, I mean, some of the top like billionaires of China were there to just sort of like say, hey, it's like your part to kind of give back and using, you know, Yao Ming as a, as a spokesperson for that as well. But in all of these situations, they chose the, this particular, like my particular hotel that I was at at the time, because you know, our audience, the brand aligned with the message, right? Um, and so with that, we of course were able to gain and build relationship with those like soon to be philanthropic billionaires. Um, and that was really great for brand awareness and get them into the space and all of that stuff. So these are examples of how 
again, Richard Branson, we probably wouldn't have the opportunity to have gotten in front of those super mega high worth individuals and expose them to this brand new carbon neutral brand, you know, had it not been for that partnership that we forged, right? With, uh, with Richard Branson. Well, it was more, uh, that one was with Wild Aid. Um, and so this is just like examples of events and how events are really great ways to, um, to leverage other audiences because for us, for in the Richard Branson example, like we were able to share photos from that event and we were able to put that through our email list, which helped build like excitement about our brand and authority. And alternatively, all of those individuals that were invited to the lunch, um, they were connected with personally and exposed to our brand. But not only that, pictures and articles of the event were were put through the entire email list of Wild Aid, showing Yao Ming in our space with photo credits and all of that stuff. And again, exposing us to a new group of individuals we wouldn't have access to. So this is sort of what we're aiming to do when we're building partnerships. Now, back then it was not as easy to track performance as it is today. So we're gonna talk about a little ways in which we can track performance and then go on and give you a couple more ideas on how to build partnerships. So when we're talking about partnerships um, with individuals and brands, I think most um, like obvious, I think people think a lot about influencers. So influencers on Instagram. Now I think, I think this is changing little by little as Instagram performance is waning a little bit. I think TikTok is really starting to take over. Um, and there's like a, a lot of sort of competition, a lot of creators going over from Instagram to TikTok and all of that stuff. But let's kind of like bring ourselves back to like 2018, 2019, when like Instagram influencers were like all there is. They're still, of course, very important. But the idea is that like, okay, you contact an influencer, you establish a relationship with them, you share your product or your service with them and you either pay them or they do that as a barter or something where they um, will explain or share or build excitement or do an advertisement for your product or service on their platform, therefore exposing all of their followers to your product or service. So it's just a different way of advertising. And by the way, nowadays, I think you'd be hard pressed to find any serious influencer that would do things for barter but I know a lot of brands that still try to do for barter. I mean, it really de depends on like your network and, and if you can kind of get connected at a higher level with influencers rather than just like cold calling them. Um, another thing, a lot of, another strategy that a lot of product-based um, startups will employ is just like sending free product with like no ask sending free product to tons and tons, it's a, it's sort it's high cost right it's at cost but there is a cost associated to it of sending with like handwritten notes very personalized their product to a huge amount of influencers with the hopes that a handful of them will actually out of their own goodwill or because they like the product so much actually genuinely share about the product because I, I saw like in the past two years, I saw quite a bit of these like promoted posts going on. And 
and where, or where influencers will say like warning, like I'm being paid for this. Right. But it kind of goes against the whole idea of like what the foundation of influencer marketing was. All of that was built on the fact that this was word of mouth and it was built on trust. You know, we follow these like fashion influencers or these any kind of tech influencers or whatever, because we respect their opinion and we believe that we're getting like the best in their opinion, as opposed to like just being paid for an ad. So I think that there's something to weigh there. And I feel like always a genuine um, recommendation is going to be like leaps and bounds ahead of like a paid engagement. So when we're looking at partnerships, influencers, it's like a way that we can partner with influencers that is still extremely effective. So I don't want to, you know, but there's a lot of outside the box kind of things that we can do. And I would encourage you to kind of look at TikTok influencers, you know, and depending on your product, there's a lot of like sub cultures that exist online as well, um, where there are tons of opportunities. You don't have to just think about Instagram. Um, TikTok, as I mentioned, but also like tons of like, um, like I've listened to some interesting brand case studies about doing things on like Twitch. Now, of course it depends on who your audience is, but there's tons of like online platforms where people are gathering, um, or as Sarah Wilson would call it in a previous episode I did with her, she calls them digital campfires. So there's like smaller communities online that you can tap into sort of in the same way that you're tapping into with the influencers, just in a different, in a different format. So think outside the box. Um, But the last way in which I want to sort of talk about is how to leverage other people's audiences through events. So this could be through conferences, like getting your brand, you yourself or a representative from your brand, like to speak at conferences, getting on stages, that's going to build a lot of authority. And of course, help you to gain tons of new audience, right? Because if you are speaking at an event or you're on a panel or you have a booth or whatever, you'll gain access to, or what you should be getting is a mention, a link back to your website, information about you put through their entire email list, their entire attendee list. And so what your job is to do in those types of situations, and by the way, actually in all of these situations, is figure out what you can offer, either like a promotion or something of value. But in those moments where you're in front of new audience, it is vital that you think of a strategy of how you're going to get their email address. So that could be setting up specific landing pages that have very easy URLs. This is a great strategy. So let's say that you're on a stage speaking or even on a podcast, like interviewing someone else's podcast or someone else's YouTube show or someone else's Facebook live or whatever. You want to be able to direct people back to your website, but don't direct them just back to your homepage. You want to, you, you want to direct them to a lead magnet, which is like, can you offer a free download, a discount code, a piece of content, something that's going to improve their lives, give them value, which a very simple URL, like your website URL backslash one word, something easy to remember. So they don't even have to like jot it down. And 
once they get to that URL to get the thing, they give you their email address. This is a really great way for you to be able to track the production of that certain partnership program, right? Now, the last thing that I'll say that is a really interesting strategy that I don't see a lot of people talking about is simply just asking to do a joint email or exchange email with a different brand. So having, or even an influence. So an influencer or a brand doing an email campaign with their email list. So recommending you basically in email form to their email list. Ideally, you can create whole campaigns with other brands that are promoting your business through their social and through email campaign through a certain period of time and then delivering them to a certain URL or whatever. And when you do partnerships like that with like a specific URL, so let's say you're doing a, you know, you're trying to sell a product and you're using um, a different brand to do that, that's complimentary. And when they're sharing your website, you can either um, create like a special landing page for that partnership that has the name of the partner in it, like your website backslash whatever the partner is. Or you can explore using something like UTM parameters, which is like a little piece of code that you attach to a certain URL that can be your homepage, for example. But with that UTM parameter, when you share that with your partner, when they share that specific link, you're going to be able to track any traffic that comes or even any sales that come from that specific link. So I'm not going to go all the way into UTM parameters. You can Google it. There's a lot of information there on exactly how to set them up. Or if you have like a web developer, <coughs> they'll certainly know how to set it up. Um, but again, whether it's live events, conferences, um, joint webinars, or an influencer sharing like something on their platform or joint emails, there's so many ways that you can be doing exciting things and sort of getting the word spread through other people's audiences through building these partnerships, right? And again, like if you don't know of any stages that you can talk on or you can speak on or panels that you can put yourself on, as I mentioned, like just hosting webinars or doing joint events is so powerful. So it's like, you can start where you are. It's like, what platform do you have available to you? Maybe it's only your own social media platform, like your own YouTube channel. But how, how powerful it is, is to invite someone else to do a joint webinar or a joint event, virtual event with you. And what, like where it comes into leveraging other people's audiences, whomever you're doing that joint event with, well, they're gonna put the invitation out through their email list and you're gonna put it out through your email list. So it becomes kind of reciprocal. And again, you're doubling the amount of people that you're inviting to this thing, getting in front of, and then focus on adding value. Um, in the example that I gave where you can just ask a different brand or influencer to do a campaign through their email list, that could also be reciprocal. But of course, it depends on well, how big is your email list. What is a great way to start is finding, even just finding people, businesses at your same level. And even if they only have like a couple hundred people on their email list and you only have a couple hundred on your email list, you know, 
that's going to, you know, it's going to be 200 more people or 500 more people. Even if it feels like a small number, it still can be very significant. Right. And as you grow, you just start finding other people to, you know, to make exchanges with and stuff like that. That could be really powerful as well. So I hope that I gave you some interesting ideas on how you might be able to build partnerships and grow your audience, maybe spark some things there. Um, but there are tons of ways that you can really get more eyeballs on your brand through leveraging partnerships. And that could be very low cost, right? If we, if we start with smaller engagements and focus on just delivering value, right? And doing kind of consistent programs with like similar size businesses, you can be growing slowly, right? But if you're trying to maybe grow quicker and try to leverage larger audiences, there probably will be a cost associated to it, right? Unless you are really pitching yourself to be on panels and stuff like that. Oftentimes you don't have to pay to, to be a speaker. Hopefully they should be paying you, right? Um, so yeah, but just be intentional. And if I can leave you with one thing in any partnership that you can do, be conscious of how you can be tracking the performance. So I gave you two ideas. The first was creating individual landing pages for that partnership in which you can be tracking like the traffic to that specific landing page and the click throughs or leads that come through that landing page. And the other one is using UTM parameters. So you can set that up by simply Googling. It's pretty easy. There's some softwares that help you um, generate them quite easily. Um, or just getting a dev de developer to help you. You can even find someone on Upwork that will do it like quite inexpensively. So I hope that helped. If you have any more questions about partnerships or you want me to dig into a specific strategy that I chatted about today, um, just send me a DM. I would love to like dig into any of this more or help explain anything better than I did today. So that's it for this week. I can't wait to see you back here next week for another juicy dose of marketing. And until then, have an awesome week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.